Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Tonight we pray as we approach you, Lord God, through the Word of God, as we hear the Word of God, it would remove every boulder, every hidden thing that separates us from your great love. So Lord, we pray that you perform your Word as you did say in Isaiah 55, that His Word will not return void, but your Word will cut deep down between bone and marrow, soul and spirit, dividing the intentions of the heart and every other crummy thinking. And Lord, divide that and land your goodness inside deep within our heart. And the saints say, Amen. Musicians, you're awesome. You can be excused for a well-earned break. I got this prophetic, so I'm going to be a bit energized tonight and um, just to keep you nice and warm. And and, uh, God bless the ladies and the wonderful Helen. You're a mother, I know you are, and others here and... Angie, Angie's in the house, and uh, put up your, uh, put up your hand, another artist in the house, and uh, fantastic, God is so good. Well, get your Bibles, dust them off, dust them off, if you need to go down, uh, there's a Bible, I, I see a Bible, it's in the boot, it's in the boot of someone's car, I'm getting a word, it's in the boot, it's in the boot, I don't know what it's doing in the boot, but you, you excuse, you can go now and get that Bible out of your boot, and... Um, Praise God. There's a great scripture in, um, and I'll just try and get as much through as I, as I can, and so I'll, I will pull up without letting you get too cold. Loving what I'm seeing in the house, loving what I'm seeing, people coming and visitors coming, and uh, just loving seeing people connect and uh, joining our church. And I, I honestly think it's all about generating this love factor in the house, Amen. It's about generating this love, and it becomes like a centrifugal force. It's actually drawing people in that even didn't even think about going to church. They didn't even they didn't want to go to church, but they're being drawn in. And like uh, the Adamson lad, he's a great great example. He doesn't even wasn't even saved apparently. He wasn't even going to church because I want to be in your team. And he ended up in the youth group some time ago, five six weeks ago. Is that right? And gave his life to the Lord. Because of the love in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the soccer team. Craig Scott, you should be absolutely proud of yourself. Where is he? He's awesome. And uh, yeah. And then in the Old Testament, it has this scripture in Isaiah, and it's a messianic, and, uh, messianic portion of scripture. It talks about when Jesus will come and heal our wounds. You know, by his, by his wounds, we are healed. And it, but it talks about our wounds being healed. By his stripes, we are healed. And you know, all of us are on a journey about being you know, recovered, refreshed, recovered, saved firstly, then recovered and healed in our hearts. Some of us are on a long-term journey of being healed and, uh, and blessed. And, and the more you do get healed, the more of the love of God you can get on the inside of you. Amen. Because it's really hard to get all the love of God if you're hanging on to a whole lot of stuff that you're banged up about. And so God's trying to heal you and just put more love in you and heal you again, put more love in you. And some of us, it just happens all at once. And like it's a full-blown encounter. 
and, uh, and that love comes rushing in, and uh, it's, a, it's a monumentous occasion in your life. I think it's more bit by bit. It's a more of a deliberate thing. Bit by bit, God, as you allow God to make way into your heart, that, that, you, that, that you feel the intensity of his love. Luke uh, Boyd, you did such a great job. If you need to listen to that on podcasts, uh, please find it. Like the C3 uh, Facebook page. Like it. You will get the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the podcast and get the sermon.net app. Boom. Get that on your phone. You can listen to that on the plane, the train, and automobile. And uh, great movie, that wasn't it? Plane, trains, and automobiles. Loved it. And, um, and so, look, listen to the word as much as, look, you'll, you'll have the presence of God as much as you have the word in your life. Look, we'll do great stuff here, and it's awesome, and you'll feel the intensity of God's spirit, and it's awesome, but you really want that during the week, too. You certainly don't want to go from now to Sunday without feeling God and feeling the experience of God's great love. If, if I didn't feel God's great love during the week when I have some down times, and uh, man, I wouldn't be here, but it's about letting the door of your heart be open, and then let God get to you to encourage you, to affirm you as a father would affirm a son. It was so great to be with my father, my 88-year-old father beside the soccer field yesterday at Kalani Vale, and I was with him, and he used to coach me and uh, stir me to play soccer, and as a six-year-old, I began to play, and uh, just having him sit there looking on at the boys' play, he said, these guys are good, these, these are good guys, and it just was a special moment of feeling the father heart of God, or feeling my father's heart, how that felt when I was a kid, because, you know, when you grow up, that sort of, you, you know, you grow up, and he said, I left home early, I'm not sure if I did, I think I did, he said my brothers did too, and... Um, and you, 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 you forget like that precious mother heart of God that nurtures you. You forget that, don't you? You forget the father heart. Uh, for those, and a lot of us haven't had mothers and probably fathers, but you know, still there is something precious about the father heart and the mother heart of God that, um, that all of us, I'm sure, have had experienced. And uh, we, we want to ultimately feel that from God. It's the mother heart of God that we're celebrating. It is Mother's Day, but we're celebrating the mother heart of God through the mothers, the agape love. No greater love has a man than this, that he lay down his life for another. Mothers lay down their life, and, and the kids walk over, and dad walks over, and the old community walks over, but they do that for their children, amen? That's what they're willing to do, and that's what Jesus did for us. He just laid, he just threw himself down, on that barbed wire, and we were able to run across and go into the promised land. It's awesome. There's this, uh, for the prophetic people, I'll drop this portion of scripture in. I'll try and get to some practical stuff. I'll build a case about the love of God, how to access the love of God, how to flow the love of God. And, and then at the end, I'll, I'll prove how you can sing and, and sing like we did and declare the love of God. Actually, that was part of my scripture right at the end. Is that good? How you can actually stand there and go, God, your love is ridiculous. It's awesome. It's wonderful, you know? And uh, I think I've got a great scripture for that. Hosea 6.1, let's look at this. Come, let us return to the Lord. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. Let's pray for Australia right now. Lord, dear God. When I'm on that 67th tower, the World Tower in Sydney at the President's Conference, I look down on the cars and the buses and all the commas and the marketplace and all the people, and I look across the vast expanse of Sydney right to Katoomba, and I'm looking north-south, 
and southeast west and I'm seeing the vastness of your people Lord and I'm saying Lord let them come and return to you don't you do you ever think that that's what prayer is about by the way it's really having a heart for people turning up to the prayer meeting and praying that they will come amen I'm not going to let you go to sleep tonight by the way he has torn us, now when I say this, uh, new people in God, when it says something like this, he has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. Uh, yeah, it's because God allowed them to be banged up because they weren't following God. He didn't deliberately say, you know, but it just happened because of the spiritual laws on the planet. Just to help with some people with the Old Testament, how it speaks. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. This is talking about the Savior, actually. This is talking the Messianic Scripture about when Jesus will come and has come. Isaiah 6.2 says, after two days, he will revive us. So we get saved. It's awesome. Two days, Jesus died on the cross, and we're saved, and it's awesome. But on the third day, which typifies you know, when Jonah was spat out of the whale, the third day, there's a lot of third day scriptures, and third day, Jesus rose from the grave. Everyone's got their favorite third day uh, scripture, amen? And on the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. And that's what this sort of church is all about worldwide. It's the spirit-filled church. We're being led by the Spirit, and we're encouraging people into the presence of God where they can feel God's marvelous love. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Boom. That's a huge statement. Right. We could just camp there for a couple of weeks. Isaiah 6.3 says, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. What does that mean? This terminology quite doesn't make sense in our present day technology technological world, but it actually is talking about the favor where you just got the right weather and the spring rains and, and your plants are growing and, and you know, everything's in your, in your rose garden. It's just budding and, oh, it's beautiful and it's, you know, you know the sunflowers of your heart are just, whoa, it's just awesome. You can just see that in some people. They're just like a big sunflower. I just have to go there. When I was about eight, we used to play cricket in the backyard. Someone lobbed the ball over, and I said, I'll get it. And I went over someone's back fence, looked over, and there was these big sunflowers looking at me like this, going. And I just paused. It literally pulled me up as an eight-year-old. And you know what an eight-year-old to a ball is. You know, you don't care what's in the way. Get the ball, get the ball. And I just looked at these sunflowers like that, and it always put, it must have, it made it such an impact on me. And sunflowers, I don't know, I think it's God saying, hey, cheer up. You know, <laughs> if you're having a down day, get a photo of a sunflower on your screensaver. It might help you. So it's about favor. God wants to give us favor. What can I do with you? Verse 4, what can I do with you, Ephraim? So Ephraim's a tribe, and he's, and he's talking to them. You know, God's speaking to them. What can I do with you, Judah? There's another tribe he mentions, two tribes. Uh-oh. I think, your love is like a morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Your love, your love, it's just momentarily there and then it's gone. It's the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Meaning your love, it's just not quite substantial. It's not quite robust. It's, it's you know, it's fair weather love. Amen? 
It's fair weather, love. It depends on how you look. It depends on how your finances are. It depends on how your health is. It depends on if your, if your circumstances are right. And he's having a go at here. God's saying, your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew. It's there, but it just disappears. Therefore, I cut you to pieces. Oh, here we go. And because of that, and let's not even go into verse five. It's pretty harrowing. Verse six says, and everyone, a lot of people know this scripture, for I desire mercy, meaning I desire goodness, I desire love, I desire love and goodness, not sacrifice, not the busyness of, okay, you know, we're in the kingdom now and we have to work, we have to work, we have, no, it's, it's, it's not that. The Bible says, for I desire mercy, I desire your love, I desire you to, to, to worship in love, to serve in love, to give with love. I desire you to do all things in God with love, not with just this radical sacrifice and, and acknowledgement of God. There he goes again. I'll say it again. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings, meaning just radical, sacrificial, you know, just giving to God your all, but, you know, not realizing that we're doing this for God's great love. Isaiah 6, 7, as at Adam, they have broken the covenant. They are unfaithful to me. So we're living in days, you know, where people want to minister God's great love and the, you know, the power of God. And we want to do like what this scripture says in John 14, 12. Very, verily, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. But we've got to realize something that we've got to get the love of God. Now, yesterday, I had to have some strange imagery, so forgive me. When I thought about the love of God and encountering the love of God, I don't know if this is because I watched a lot of cartoons in the 60s, but when I think about the love of God, I think of a big, uh, like, cannonball to the guts. And I have to, to, it's like, it's like, oh my God, I'm totally winded. And I don't know if you've been winded, but to be winded and you're on the ground, winded by God's love, and you're on the ground, you go, oh my God. And I know when I used to get winded, playing sports as a young kid, your mates would come, you all right? And I know I was totally dependent on God at that moment. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think that's what God's great love is about. You, you cop a bowling ball to the, to the stomach, uh, not to the guts, take that off the, to the stomach, and you go down and you're winded in God, and you go, my God. Oh, and your mates are clamoring for your attention. Are you all right? You're a get up, you're a get up. Oh. And you, you're just done. You know, once you've received God's great love, you're done. I hope that helps someone. Was that, you know? It, it, it's like you're on the ground and you're done. You're dependent on God. You, you, just, you just don't care about any other voice, any other influence. And I think God's great love can be like that. So, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you, Garth and Jamie, all of us. He's sending us into the community. I really believe he's sending us from ourself. So here's myself. Here's myself. I'm being sent out from myself. I'm sending you out from yourself. What do you mean? What's he talking about? I'm saying... Because you're saved, you're in Jesus. He's sending you out through Jesus to the, the lost and broken to portray God's love. Not just yourself, not just your average self, but you being able to love 
love with unconditional love. I think that's what he's doing. He's sending all of us out beyond our, our parameters of our personality and our comfort zone. Can you see that? I paraphrase all these scriptures, Colossians 3.14, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, John 13.35, Ephesians 5.2, 1 Peter 1.22, Ephesians 5.20, Proverbs 3.5-6, I'll say that for the podcast listeners. And it says it something like this, love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Live a life filled with love for others. Love one another deeply from the heart. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will direct your paths. Jesus had, (laughs) this is amazing. Let me try and paraphrase this. Jesus had, uh, let's say about five types of people. Jesus had a circle of people around him. This is Jesus. He's walking the earth 2,000 years ago, and he had five circles of friends. Let's go to the first one, the crowds. The crowds were sort of those loosely committed to him, but they were hanging around, they wanted to be fed. Who's heard of Jesus feeding the 5,000? And they're just going, yeah, let's see what this guy will do, man, this is awesome, yeah, let's go down to C3 Tug, let's see what God will do down there. And there's crowds, and we, you know, Jesus loves the crowds. He used to feed the crowds, and they would be fed, it was awesome. Then you got the 5,000. Now the 5,000 did more than just observe, um, they were evaluating Jesus. They, they were hanging around Jesus. Uh, they, 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 they were healed even, and, uh, and they were provided for. It was an amazing thing. Jesus loved them also. Of course he did. But then there was the 70. And the 70 was a select team that rose up out of the crowd, out of the 5,000. And that 70 rose up out, and they wanted to really get closer to Jesus. Um, they, they left their other circle of friends and they literally came out and they began to follow Jesus more closely. And in fact, they began to do what Jesus was doing, going out and healing people and, and declaring the gospel. It was all awesome, the 70. And, uh, and some people just camp there and they're happy to do that at the 70. Look, I'm just happy to do some ministry for God and, and be at this distance with Jesus, you know, I'm happy to do that. But then there was the 12. Let's go to the next inner circle. And then there was the 12. And these are the beloved band. These are the brothers, man. These are the brothers marching together. You, who's heard that, that war movie, Band of Brothers? These are the guys with Jesus. We got you covered, Jesus. It's all right, you know, there's... Those Pharisees, those other people, you know, we got you covered. And, and there's many scriptures that typify that they were very close. The 12 represent those who walk with Jesus to the places of leaving all and following him. And we got those people in our church, I believe. As they entered this ring, they left their own wishes and selfish desires and entered into a new place of surrendering to Jesus. But as close as Christ as they were to him, there was still a closer place. And that is the three. There is the three. Uh, One of the innermost circles around Jesus was his inner three. And uh, they were very close. They saw, they heard, they experienced Jesus 
very personally, and that's Peter, John, and James. The three represent those who follow Jesus to the places of glory, but to the places of, of suffering. Uh, they were his confidants. He trusted them with insights and experiences. I think they were, you know, uh, Mount of Transfiguration and other very uh, significant encounters they were there for. Uh, they were just there. Then, but it goes one more, and it is in fact the one. There is one that gets even closer out of the three, and that one was John. John was very close to Jesus. John was always reading between the lines, and he was, he was the go-to guy at the end of the day when Jesus actually died, and they said, John, remember we were with him there, and remember he said that John was taking in the full intensity of who Jesus was. John was the one who placed his head on his breast, his chest. He was like a young kid, and he's just right there with Jesus, saying, Jesus, man, I want, I want all, I want it all, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I mean, he's just eyeballing him, and he's just wanting to really sincerely uh, be his disciple and, and know everything that Jesus has got to say. And he was right there when Jesus was crucified. He was there watching him right to the end. And the other disciples weren't. So John is a representation of someone who's radically on a journey towards Jesus. And there are people like that. There are literally people like that. You know, these people like Mike Bickle and and uh, oh my God, the, the God chaser guy, uh, Tommy Teeny, and, and, and great people of God over the years, the John Wesleys, and just so close to the heartbeat of Jesus. And that's where God's love is too. But that's where God wants to get you. God wants to get you ever closer to Jesus. And maybe you're happy to be in the crowd. Maybe you're happy to be in the 70. The 70 were actually helping feed the 5,000. Hey, I'll help feed the 5,000, man, I'm into that. Uh, you want me to serve on the door? You want me to give out the communion? You want me to do your dog? I can do that, man, you know. And some people are just happy to do that. And then there's what? Then there's the 12. 12, no, I want, I want to go to Bible college, man. I want to know all about this stuff. This is awesome, man. You know, I'm pulling up stumps out of my old life. I, I'm going to really follow this thing. And then there's the three. The three are just hanging out. The, they turn up the prayer meetings. They're, they're, they're giving radical love offerings to God. They're, they're, they're downloading. They're, they're there. They're right there concerned about the church, concerned about you know, the people of God. They're on a quest. They're living their life absolutely with an intensity. They're radical people, the three. But there is the one, and that one is, can be you and I. You and I. It can be you and I. I love this stuff. Um, what's, what does the love of God do? Because the Bible says in James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. And we know for a fact that God's first requirement for us is to know him and to love him. This is the basis of our life. This is the basis of all our ministry. What is this love? What is this dynamic reality that Pastor uh, Luke Boyd was trying with his utmost uh, knowledge, but still he felt he came up short in trying to explain the love of God? What is this magnificent stuff? As you try and understand it, it's beyond understanding. It's, it's magnificent and wondrous. What is it? What, what sort of love is it that would lay his, somebody would lay their life down for another? And, and 
we have that all the time. Just strangers will lay their life down. One guy swam out. This happens all the time, but only a week ago, one guy swam out. Someone was drowning, and 52-year-old man swam out. He got the person, the lady it was, got the lady sort of back to the shore, and then the lady said, he just let go. He just let go, and he disappeared. I swam to shore, but he was gone. What is it? It's, it's this magnificent love, this agape love. It's awesome love. 1 John 4:16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We rely on this love. God is love. Whoever lives, whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. Oh, that's, uh, 1 John 4, 9 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. We, there's, there's actually about four types of love. And as you get from the real, you know, basic love, uh, it, it, it comes out to the highest form as agape love. And agape love is just unconditional. You're not asking for anything in return of this person. You just love them. And, and they can even criticize you. They can even speak ill of you. But you're just going to love them. You just keep coming back, you know, and, and loving them. And that, that's a, man, that's, if you can do that, you're doing well. Because uh, it takes an extraordinary God love to do that. But the love that God can give you when you're saved and you receive the Holy Spirit is in Romans 5, 5. And it says, and hope does not disappoint us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. It's in there. That love is in you. If you're saved, it's in there. It's awesome. And this is what Paul was talking about to the Corinth church. He's saying, guys, you're not operating in this agape love. You know, your love should be like the 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record or wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love breaks through. Remember Keith Green, he sang that song? Love breaks through. And where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will cease. They will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But love remaineth. Love remaineth. This is why Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 5.14, Paul, this radical, the architect for the modern church, the architect for the church, and the, 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 the apostle who was downloading from heaven itself, apparently having full-blown encounters with the heavenly kind, downloading the architecture for the Christian life and the church. He says this in 2 Corinthians 5.14, for Christ's love compels us, because it compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, and those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Put up the, um, if you could put up the, the photo of Garth and Jamie. What sort of, what, why are they in Uganda? I think it's because of that scripture. I think they understand the great sacrifice of Christ. They understand that they are compelled by this great love. Amen? 
it, it's what we do. It's how we navigate church. I am compelled to deal with these people I don't know. I am compelled to deal with my giving. I am compelled to deal with prayer. I am compelled to deal with being nice on the soccer field. <laughs> Ryan, I got the biggest laugh out of Ryan. Got no effect out of Doug. He doesn't have to worry about that. But I'm compelled to do the right thing. Why? Because of God's great love. Yeah. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts. When we receive this love, and there's many scriptures to back it up, it, it, it says we can and we should love others. There's another scripture in 1 John 3, 18 says it will lead to action with doers. 1 John 5, 3 says we will obey God's commands when we've received this love and understand this love. Ephesians 3, 14 says we will build the church. John 14, 15 says we will remain in God when we feel this great love. You're not going anywhere. Once you've experienced God, you're not gonna backslide. You're not going back to the other side. You're gonna stay in God's kingdom. John 13, 34, it will bear witness, it will bear witness to the world. People will believe, if you get this love on the inside of you, people will know that you really are saved. It will glorify the Father, John 15, 8. I love this, I love this stuff. And of course, this is something, just maybe lastly, we gotta understand that when you understand this great love, and this is why we're trying to bring people into God's marvelous love, this covenant, of love mean this unbreakable contract that God has with humanity. It is on you, around you, it's for you, it's with you. It's a marvelous thing. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Wasn't it wonderful seeing Joey this morning on stage? What is she, all of four years, and she's there, she's worshiping God with all sincerity. Someone gets up here to speak, and she puts her hands down, and she's, she's, she is sincerely helping the worship team. She's serious, she's not mucking around. I know God's love, this is what we do as church, I'm into that, that's great, awesome. I just can't believe it. Psalm 23, verse six, God's goodness and love will follow them. Do you want that? Who wants God's goodness following them? Or would you wake up in the, uh, tomorrow morning and say, look, I back off the goodness, Lord. It's, it's okay. The goodness and, and the faithfulness. Uh, look, I just don't need it today. I'm having a downer. God's goodness and love will follow me. And all that love, I just don't want to know about it. Look, I just want to travel alone today. Is that all right? Psalm 23, verse 6, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even on bad weather days, on bad hair days, God's love is going to persist. It will never fail. It is not going away. It's the smile of heaven on your life. God watches over you, Psalm 145, verse 20. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Proverbs 8, 17. God lets himself be found by those who seek him. Proverbs 8, 17, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. I love that. 
1 John 4, 16, and so we know and rely. We rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. So if I live in this love, if I come under this open heaven and receive this love, I'm in God. If I say, no thanks God, I, I don't need any of this love. Look, look I, I'm doing all right. I just can't deal with your love. It's too much. I, I just can't. But if you purposefully align yourself and position yourself, God, love me, bless me. Let your goodness fly. I'm willing. You, you, you gotta be, you gotta humble yourself. You know, draw close to God, humble yourself and he will draw close to you. You, you, got, you, gotta, you gotta do this. It, it's, it's, you know, you, you gotta play this out somewhat. You gotta play it out. God, you, you, gotta, you gotta use your body, you know. This is why the hands are great, you know. Use your body, say, God, I'm drawing close to you. In worship, let's all stand, God bless you. When you're in worship, extend your hands. You know, let, let your love flow. You know, we extend our hands if we want to touch someone or, or like someone. or We extend our hands, don't we? We extend our hand for a handshake. We, we wave people. We goodbye people. We certainly just don't go, yeah, see you later. Hi. Hi. And the person's looking out at the crowd going, oh my God, who is it? I, I can't see. Help me, help me. Raise your hand. Can you, can you just give me a clue? Hi. Ah. One in a million. Yeah, I see you. Yeah. So every time you do that with God, you say, God, <laughs> I love you. I worship you. Some people get really excited. They get their praise on. And then they put their dance in, and then they get a bit of a groove in the Oh, God, I'm really. Some of these crazy cats on the front row. Because we're dancing to the rhythm of grace. There's energy in heaven. Can you feel it? There's energy. Move to it. Move your body. Sway your body. Yeah, God, you're awesome. Dear God, throw your hands up. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.